1: everybody welcome back to another episode of cheaper than therapy so today we have jennifer and you know jennifer sent in something that felt kind of all-encompassing to me and yet something that i feel like so many people are struggling with and always struggle with which is this idea of like what do you do with anxiety when you find yourself really spinning um and obviously i want to know more details from you so you can give us some color to the anxiety just some background um I got a little wrench thrown in my life about two years ago, met
2: someone new and got surprisingly pregnant at the age of 42. Um, So after years of fertility and doing IVF to get my daughter, right? So this was a huge surprise. Um, So my, everything was seemingly going well up into this point. And I feel like since I had my son, um, I cannot manage life well, meaning I work full-time job. I'm a CFO. I have a new partner that moved in. I have a new, now he's two, a two-year-old with my six-year-old. Like, I just feel like life is a shit show. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit, I had my very first like full-on panic attack. I think it was like the month after the pandemic. Um, Didn't know that that's what was happening, right? i heart racing, like out of the blue too. I was like brushing my teeth with my daughter and all of a sudden my heart was racing. And then I got dizzy and couldn't really form sentences. Like I was super, super like confused Mm. The paramedics came. I mean, it was a big deal (laughs) because my husband like freaks out. Right. Mm, Um, and since that time, so that was 2020, that was April of 2020. Um, since that time, I feel like, and I've been doing a lot of healing work, a lot of therapy that I, you know, I was in tat lab. I loved all this stuff, like the codependency stuff, you know, everything was, mm-hmm. was really what I needed because I have so many areas I feel to heal. Um, so as I was working on things though, and thinking I'm doing all the right things, I should be feeling better. Um, I swear my anxiety has been worse and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because just, two children now, like I all, all of a sudden have this fear of death. Like i never had that before, <laughs> yeah. um, just everything. And so every day is like this whole like spinning of what am I going to freak out about today? Right. Mm-hmm. So, like I'm trying to manage all my responsibilities, a new partner, a new house, a new this, right. So there's a lot on the list and I feel like I have all these tools and resources that I know what to do. Yeah, But I'm really yeah. struggling with in the moment, in the day-to-day to like how to manage it all. So I'm just like constantly
0: drowning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <breathe. laughs> I feel like Vanessa and I are both wanting to take a really big breath with you yeah. um, on everything you just said. And here's the thing, Jennifer, I feel like everything you just went through that's on your plate would feel like a lot, maybe be a little anxiety inducing without a global pandemic, right? Um, In the best case scenario of life. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I really want to start just by normalizing um, the experience that you had last year. I think maybe we haven't talked enough about the internal panic that brought up For So many of us, just the destabilization of our collective psyche, but then individually to not know what things were going to look like, to have no sort of sense of like, are we safe? Are my children safe? Is the world okay for me to be in? Um, It's deeply dysregulating. And I think um, it makes a lot of sense that that was the response, right? And I think when something like that happens, when we have a panic attack, it is so scary, In our body, that it's a little bit like this, um, you know, constriction in our body of a response from the trauma that sort of um, becomes the somatic response that stays, right? Mm. And so I think it's really important to sort of name that and for us to dig in a little bit to the story I'm telling myself about this. Mm-hmm. When this comes up, right? Like the conversation I'm having with myself when I feel mm-hmm. these moments of constriction. Well, what's so
1: interesting too about what you said, Danae, is that you know, the research actually shows on actual like panic attacks, right? Anxiety attacks that um once one happens, what usually happens is our body's anxiety and response is in fear of yes. it happening again right which is fascinating it's almost like your body then like yeah yeah there's all this stuff going on and i'm really stressed out about it but the actual anxiety now is focused on like oh dear god please don't let this happen again
0: yeah yeah because if you've never experienced um a panic attack it's terrifying yeah you feel like you're dying yeah I mean, that's sincere yeah
2: absolutely. Yeah. I, I felt like I was dying. <laughs> that's what I yeah. think. That's why my husband called the paramedics too, because it was like, that's all I kept saying. Like something's not right. Something's not right. Cause I'd never, mm. um, felt such craziness in my chest. And in like, I mean, everything was just on hyper. Oh, it was terrible. So yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And now I that think- is what happened because when I got the vaccine, you know, three weeks ago I had another one. Right. Mm. So, um, in front of 50 employees, we had a, a vaccination clinic at the office, and last minute they switched it to J and J. I had been researching Pfizer. I was all comfortable with the science, the blah, blah blah. Mm. and it was like the uncertainty, and then I couldn't chicken out in front of everyone because of my pride. And so I did it, and then literally, I was laying on the concrete floor <laughs> in front of people, sweating. I mean, it was so embarrassing. And then the, of course, the CDC pulls J and J, so then my anxiety went oh my God, I'm dying. I'm having blood clots. So Mm -hmm. I just, I'm noticing that now my, just like you were saying, Vanessa, it's like, I, I anticipate more Mm -hmm. anxiety and panic. And so then I'm constantly like worrying about, oh my God, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then now my mind just goes to like this worst case scenario constantly. Mm -hmm. Your
1: system right now is actually functioning as if you were the tiger's in the bush and I have to constantly be waiting for this tiger to jump out. Like that is, you are actually at that level of fight or flight yeah. right now. Yeah. And it's like your nervous system got kicked into that place and it doesn't feel like it's actually settled out of that place probably since April of last year. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I I'm, I feel so much compassion in in saying that because I think so many of us know what that experience feels like and it is, it's exhausting. Like I can feel the constriction in my chest when I talk mm. about it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What I think Vanessa just spoke to that what has been so hard about this sustained period of uncertainty is that we're still kind of in it, you know, it feels mm-hmm. a little bit like things have lessened, but this is just something that none of us as a human species that are alive right now have experienced, you know, just this continuous angst and uncertainty and what is tomorrow going to be and when are we going to be able to, you know, mm-hmm. feel something that really lets us have that deep moment of exhale. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it it's important to name and just acknowledge that you aren't alone in this experience. Um, this I feel system. like nobody talks about it, though. Mm-hmm.
2: I agree. Like, I feel like, so I have a coach that I use. She was an embodiment coach I met two years ago, which is, first taught me how to, like, drop into my body, and I started meditating and all these things, which has been helpful. Um, but that's what I think when I had my panic attack two weeks ago, it was like, that's what she said. And that that released a lot of pressure because I felt like everyone's judging me, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm having these big emotions and everyone's confused and like scared and, you know, nobody knows how to react to me. And so then that freaks me out because you start to feel so alone in what you're processing. So I think it's just, the culmination of all those things just makes it all worse.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And this isn't to just like, you know, I don't know, put it out there to calm you or anything like that. But I I think the reality is you're right. I don't think anybody's talking about it. And that doesn't mean that it's not happening Danae And I hear it every day in sessions with clients. Right. And we're very open to talking about it. Um, And I think that it's what you said earlier about your pride when you were at work and the whole panic attack happened. Right. It's like, I think so many of us, especially in this culture, we have this propensity to be like, I have to put on a face, I have to be strong, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, right? Like any indication of weakness is, you know, and so it's such a detrimental way yeah, of existing yeah. because it gives no room for being human. Yeah. Like you are a machine, we are still industrial revolution and kind of mindset, right? And like any humanity is weakness. And that in itself can be so limiting because what you're feeling is normal. Mm. I, I actually worry to be quite honest with you. I worry about the people who are so apathetic and seemingly showing zero stress response to this. That worries me more for them long-term, like what's happening with them internally, the suppression, you know, their defense mechanism, all these things. Somebody like you, I actually worry less about because you feel like you're more in tap with the reality of what's happening. I'm like, hello, doesn't anybody else see this? Yeah. Yeah. And I think to your point too,
2: when you said, you know, weakness, because that is my biggest thing, is you know, and again, I'm I'm the boss, right? Mm -hmm. So when we had all these employees and then we had plant guys coming out from the shop, you know, these big buff dudes that were even scared. Right. But then the mm-hmm. guys are mocking them. And, you know, so the last thing I was going to do was not get the vaccine. Right. Cause even though my body, I was getting anxiety, I was like, oh, I'm not feeling this. I shouldn't do it. I went against my mm-hmm. gut and my intuition and did it to save face in front of all these people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's what really got to me too. It's like that sunk in for me the next day was like, why would I feel so much pressure Mm. to really, you know, what prove myself to all these people? Like, what was I really trying to do there? Mm -hmm. And so that kind of ate at me for a while as well, because I do know that about myself in general. Um, But it was just, the whole thing has been earth shattering to me these last few weeks. And then I had, I ended up getting a brain scan. I had terrible headaches for two weeks straight couldn't like go to work for a little bit so my doctor ordered a brain scan like this literally i feel like took away 3 weeks of my life from the mm-hmm. panic attack to mm-hmm. last friday like it was terrible so i'm just i i feel like one of the things that frustrates me or disappoints me is i feel like i sh- i know what i should be doing right oh and then like i think i should oh i should be meditating more to calm my nervous system and then my embodiment coach was like no sometimes you need to move the energy out right so like I often get, like, there's so much resources that have been thrown at me. Now I'm, like, overwhelmed. Well, which one do yeah. I do? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? And then I start spinning with, I just need someone to tell me what to do. And then, well, then you should trust yourself. You know what to do, right? Like, so it's like this constant back and forth. And then I've lost the ability to just, like, be with it and figure it out myself. Like, I'm constantly looking for these so external So much external answers.
0: noise. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) You know, Jennifer, I think the way that I think I'll speak for Vanessa, but that Vanessa and I hold anxiety a little bit differently than I think they hold it a lot of times that we hold it a lot of times in our Western culture is that anxiety is something is wrong. We need to shut this down, make it go away, take something, do something, you know, there's something wrong with you that you Mm -hmm. have anxiety. Mm -hmm. I think we hold it a little bit differently, which is that anxiety is normally a way that our system, our nervous system, um, our psyche is attempting to get us to tune into our internal knowing, right? You spoke to it when you were talking about the vaccine. Some part of me, some part of my internal knowing felt like this wasn't an alignment for me in this moment. I shut down my knowing. I shut down what I was feeling, what I needed, right? Like whether it was the right time or not, what you needed in that moment was to listen to your internal gut feeling of not right now, right? But I had to be the leader. I had to save face. I had to do whatever I've sort of been conditioned to believe that I need to do. And so I suppressed all of those feelings, within, me, right? But where do they go? They don't go away because I push them down. They're still within my body. And so I believe that what happens when we suppress the things that we're feeling is back to the surface anxiety right and that's what it looks like that's how it shows up so I believe anxiety actually doesn't mean something is wrong with me anxiety means something is very very right with me it means some part of my internal navigation system is trying to get me to clue into where I might be self-abandoning a little bit where I might not be honoring my needs a little bit Um, something that I'm not speaking my highest truth about that I need to step into. And when we hold it that way, it does become an opportunity for me to just get still and just say like, what do I need? Hmm. What do I need that my body is attempting to get me to tune into?
1: And also putting a voice to it. It's like, it's almost like taking it and saying, instead of it being this, the thing, the panic attack, the anxiety, this giant thing, amalgamous kind of ugly, black, cloudy thing that's here that I'm constantly trying to like get away from. It becomes more of like putting a voice to it and saying, what are you trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm listening, right? I'm scared, but I'm listening. And like, I'm, I'm open to hearing what it is that you are trying to tell me, because I realize the more I run, the harder you're going to hit me, the more, you know, I, I always like to say that like big emotions are, are like toddlers and you have a toddler. So you know this very much, right? They pull on the pant leg, like they pull on the pant leg, like, mom, 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 run, right? If you're going, I'm talking, not right now, I'm talking. They're just going to keep pulling harder, 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 harder. The second you get down on your knee, you look them in the eyes and you say, yes, baby, what do you need to tell me? And they show you whatever little trick it is they want to show you. They run away and they're good. They're fine. They're going to go play. Yeah. They're so similar to unruly toddlers,
2: honestly.
0: Yeah.
2: No, that makes sense. Yeah, because I do think that I try and avoid or suppress Mm. it because i do i get so scared that what's mm-hmm. going to happen same thing with flying i've had a fear of flying since this yeah. hour long turbulent flight from baltimore i literally cannot get on a plane again because i if i'm anticipating that, that one little bump of turbulence is going to mean catastrophe mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Event again, and it's the same thing that's happening here. It's like I get a little bit of you know heart because I do have heart palpitations just normally. But the minute I start to feel that contraction, and I've even been getting tingling in my hands, I just instantly get nervous and I start trying to like distract myself or like get right. busy with work or
1: something. Like instead, I just so the to- work thing. I want to stop on that because I I what I'm getting from you even just in this brief amount of talking is we're not just trying to avoid and distract. We're also trying to conquer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're also trying to muscle our way through Mm -hmm. it. We're also trying to say, you should be better than this. Mm -hmm. This shouldn't be affecting you like this. Don't be weak. Right. All falls in the same plane. Right. None of that falls in line with acceptance. None of that falls in line with listening. Right. With being open to what's trying to be told to us that we don't cognitively know. You can't muscle your way through it. You can't think your way through it. Like this is not cognition. And again, culturally speaking, right? We have been duped into thinking that our brain, our cognition is like, is king, right? It's Mm -hmm. not. It's not the smartest thing in our system, right? That, That limbic system is far older than that prefrontal cortex. That shit's new to the game. It thinks it knows everything. It doesn't right? What are you trying to tell me? (laughs) I need to pay more attention and
0: listen for sure. (laughs) Well, and it's to me in, in the vein of like higher truths, right? I always say that there's situational anxiety and then there's existential anxiety. And I think last year, what so many of us were bombarded with was this like, deep seated existential anxiety that we had been able to brush under the rug for so much of our lives. If I just keep working, if I just keep productivity moving, if I just keep, you know, making things happen, Mm -hmm. then I can, I can escape this existential anxiety that so many of us, if we get still enough, if we slow down enough are left sitting in. Right. And so a lot of what I found happened for clients was, you know, the world stopped for most of us and I was just there sitting in it. And what can I control? What can I do? What can I figure out? How can I get back in that space of something to not think about and feel these feelings? Right. And let's, yeah. I can see in your body, even as I say that. Yeah. Let's take a breath into that, you know? Mm -hmm. I
2: know the more I've been trying to tap into like just pausing, I even set an uh, alarm on my phone to like Mm. check in with myself. Mm. And I've found like my shoulders way up here and like such tension. And even like just a few times throughout the day when I pause and try and release like some of the tension, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so uptight all the time. Like so constricted. I've Got to find a better way to like,
1: I, I just it's crazy to me. But I've here's, I, I want to pause though, you don't okay. have to find a better way to anything again. That's the doing mindset, that's the I right. have to do something to conquer this, right? There's but no I can't doing, continue on this path, of right? Life. But here's the thing by doing, you are going to continue on this path.
0: Do so. you see what I'm saying?
1: Like, you can't do your way out of it, it's there's a being versus a doing. There's a softening versus a hardening. Like we're talking about very different, and this is way too hard to get into in like a 30 minute conversation, (laughs) right? But like, we're talking about very different um, sides of our brain. We're talking about different levels of ourselves. Like again, brain or spirit, right? Like brain or nervous system. We're talking about a lot of different things here. And if we keep going back to this, like I have to do something. Mm -hmm. I do believe that we're keeping ourselves in the same kind of Chasing a tail energy, logical what do you headspace, in- yeah. oh, versus
0: versus embodiment, right? Highest truth space is what right. Vanessa's talking about, right? So what she's talking about is like, what do I believe is true about this life, right? A lot of times when we're in the realm of control and fixing and handling and doing, I believe I'm in control of this life. I believe if I just figure out the next thing, that will keep me safe. It's an illusion. Mm-hmm. Big breath. Yeah. And when I'm sort of confronted with that as an illusion, it brings in panic because I've been believing for a really long time that I'm in control. And so, your work, Jennifer, I believe what Jennifer, what Jennifer, what Vanessa is speaking to is to drop into the space of what do I believe is true about who I am?
1: Hmm.
0: Big I am. You know, beyond this work that I do, beyond this body that I'm living in, right? Um, Mm -hmm. That is the sense of safety that sort of cannot be taken away by the circumstances of life. That is going to be some of the work that I want you to play with tapping into. Some of these higher spiritual truths, some of these existential um, knowing truths that, um, become the tools that I come back to when I feel, you know, this sense of like life is out of control. I don't know what to do. Um, I give it to something bigger than me and my human self.
1: Well, and I want to, I want to put a little bit of words to that as somebody who came from the corporate world and was very, and is still very do, do, do more often than I would like to admit still, um, It was really difficult for me, I think to, I don't want to use the word believe, but it was different for It was hard for me to separate out like spirituality, religion, psyche, higher power. Like, what are these things? Like I want tangibility, right? I'm a fucking CFO. I want some numbers. Give me some Mm. goddamn numbers on a piece of paper, right? (laughs) The math works, I tell (laughs) you. I get it, I get it. And here's the thing, math is still art. There's still beauty in that. It's about taking out the, we can even take out the esoteric stuff. It's really about breathing into the softening, breathing into the being, go outside and look at the way the light comes through the trees Mm. and it makes the leaves dance back and forth in the breeze and how you can see that there's different ways that the gold shows up through the leaves. Spend five minutes focusing on nothing but the leaves in a tree. That's what Danae's talking about.
0: As the gift of nature jennifer is it reminds us of how small we are as these human animals it reminds us of how you know in control we actually are not um so i feel like i've talked about this on the podcast because i constantly say it if we truly believe that we're in control what we need to do i love to use as an example is go walk to the ocean step in that body of water and make it stop moving yeah do that for me, right? It's a very quick way of reminding ourselves the universe, the intelligence that created all of this, all the nature that Vanessa is speaking about. There's a rhythm, there's an order, there's an intelligence that is beyond what my human brain can possibly comprehend. So for me to continue to try to control and fix and know, there's some things that I can't know. I just have to trust that I am held that i am safe that i am contained.
2: Yeah, and i think for me too it my my i had like zero spirituality to me up until about 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so a lot of this is new for me, but mm-hmm. as i explore this stuff, um i mean i'm fascinated, right? because i am finding so much beauty in it. Mm-hmm. And yet i feel like i'm wearing a different mask when i come into work or like sure what hat am I wearing today? Am I corporate Jennifer or am I going to be spiritual Jennifer?
1: Or that's am, what okay, you have to pay attention thin. to, Jennifer. That That's what Danae was talking about earlier. Tapping into and paying attention to when we get these internal, like, I feel really off. Like, I don't feel like I'm in sync. Something feels out of whack. Like, how am I showing up right now? Oh, that's weird. That feels out of alignment for me. I wonder if I could tweak this a little bit and show up in this way. Would that feel better? Hmm, no. Okay, let me try it this way. We are constantly an anthropologist of the self, right? Anthropology really is about sitting back and observing and and noticing patterns, right? And it's not necessarily so much as saying like two plus two equals four. It's about saying, oh, isn't that interesting? When this happens and this happens, I feel this, right? And when I feel this, then I feel this. It's like noticing and that's the being. It's the dropping into exactly what you just spoke to, Don't feel like I'm in alignment right now. Okay, so breathe into that space. What could you do differently, even at work, even with that hat on, that you feel like you could tap into this, quote unquote, new self that is starting to emerge. You don't have to walk in in yoga pants. Like you don't have to walk (laughs) in and start reading, reading from the Bhagavad Gita. You know what I'm saying? But like, what can I do in baby steps that can start to bring into alignment this person that wears this mask And this maybe like new sense of self that's getting more into the existential questions of life, which is normal, by the way, based on where you're at in your life.
0: And I think the gift of you in your role at work, Jennifer, is that you get to be a little bit, um, instead of being influenced by the energy of the room, you get to be that influencer. influencer and you get to normalize our humanity and that. We are not alone in this experience. Just like you have to be the leader to step up and get the vaccine. You also have to be the leader to say, it's been a fucking year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of us have yeah. been feeling it. All of us are in it. All of our families are struggling. It does not help the people that work for me, for, t- for me or any of us to pretend otherwise. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get to sort of set the culture in my work environment and we allow, um, Humanity to live here. We allow ourselves to be human in this space. I'm making the decision to be a leader in that, and I think um, you'll start to feel the culture shift around like that as a permission slip that you're
1: offering. If that makes
0: sense.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful.
1: I like that. I think in general, the work right now for you is going to be less in the tangible tools because you've got them. You know them, right? Yeah. It's going to be more about this idea of, and this might sound a little woo-woo, but it's really going to be more in this idea of acceptance, of softening, noticing the shoulds. A lot right? of shoulds. Yeah. Allowing the humanity, allowing the messiness, questioning. Oh, that's that's interesting. I wonder what that is, right? It's, it's like, like you're a student again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Actually, that's kind of great. The beautiful thing about this time in your life is that you get to be a student again. You don't have to know it all.
0: Yeah. I think the more you lean into this realm of the spiritual seeking that I think we're hearing you, you know, starting to tap into Very more slow. and more, I think that is going to be where you find alleviation from your anxiety. So I would continue to lean into that spirituality, those, um, those teachers that like, whatever has sort of piqued your interest, keep going with that as a tool to sort of support you. Well, and I even, Vanessa, I did your
2: mindfulness um, course. That was really powerful for me. Um, Of course I chickened out, like not chickened out, but just life, right. The last week or so. And I, yesterday remembered, I'm like, Oh, I want to go back and like revisit that whole thing again, because some of the, the exercises you gave us was so cool. I mean, I've never enjoyed a shower so much in my life (laughs) (laughs) and just even washing dishes lately. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so peaceful. Like, it's just, so I know what to do. I think it's just a matter of me relaxing a little bit, because again, for me, I do, I measure my productivity, I think a little too much. And then that freaks me out if I fall short or, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, or
2: I start spinning because my to-do list is so demanding. Right. And like Danae
1: said, that's all a mirage. Yeah. Right. Measuring ourselves by our productivity is just a way that we hide behind the existential realities of life. It all ends. None of it's promised right? Like all of these things that actually are really scary, the way that we hide behind and not have to face that being big, scary stuff is by being really overproductive and trying to control and right. It's all normal, but this is your work now, this like kind of second half of life, if you will, like what Carl Jung would say is really that you get to soften into the questioning of it you know, and mm-hmm. it doesn't take away all of the like amazing things that you have done and will continue to do. It's just that you get to also now wear this hat, the hat of seeker. And I think what Danae is saying is it's under that hat. A lot of times you'll find the space to really, I don't want to say alleviate, because I don't know if those anxieties really ever alleviate, right? But you'll find space in that, in under that hat of seeker to kind of make peace with, live with, embrace, accept your human. Have a
0: different relationship with. Right, right.
1: Yeah.
0: Because yeah. Vanessa's right, the anxiety will come. It does for all of us. We just have different tools in our toolbox when it does.
2: hmm yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you so much, you guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad we were able to do this. And I'm, I'm glad I that know. you brought this to, to the listeners because I think this is, especially very poignant right now right it's timely and it's something that I think so many of us deal with and like we all said nobody talks about and we need to mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. yeah, so I appreciate you but um you know do us a favor and just shoot me an email us an email let us know kind of how you're doing keep us posted okay for sure thank yeah. you so much man I had to really, um, track my own internal system during that session. Um, because, you know, anxiety is contagious. It's such a palpable thing. And I, I found, I know in the very beginning, we both took kind of a sigh at the exact same time, but, um, I found myself as we were going through that session, really kind of continuing to come back to my own body and like settle into myself and feel myself on the chair and take a deep breath because there's like this push pull tug of war thing that goes on with anxiety in the room, right? Where like, it wants you to get in so bad. And, and you've got to, you've got to stay grounded when you're working with somebody. Yeah. I'm like doing this,
0: like gesture of like bringing it back into your body and your center. And I think, especially with Jennifer's story, I feel like it hits so close to like the realm of where you come from, um, yeah. like, you know, the work that you've done Um and do <laughs> and do. Yeah. And I think that it is. I think I'm so glad that she brought this conversation forward because it is so much of what we are all struggling with, not talking about um, grappling with and mm-hmm. having this reckoning around, I feel like, in the last
1: year. And I just think it it so much further shines a light on the fact that our culture is so ill-equipped to have, not to have these conversations, but to hold people in these times in their lives. Like mm. we just do not have language for or or reference or you know the proper ritual or the proper platform to kind of work through something of existential nature. Um, and I think it just shines light on it, that real lacking culturally that we have because we are so go, 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 do, 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 um, pretend that this stuff isn't actually there. Um, and then, you know, when inevitably the human psyche says, yeah, it is. And you need to stop and pay attention to it. We don't know what the hell to do with it.
0: Yeah. And I feel like we always speak to the fact that, oh my gosh, the compassion that Mm -hmm. we have to hold ourselves with in these moments of these existential reckonings and, um, all of the like anxiety coming to the surface, because this is what has been so deeply ingrained in us from like pre-verbal, right? Like mm-hmm. that this is what we are supposedly here to do is to accomplish something and make something of ourselves and that will keep us safe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jennifer was such a beautiful example because she has accomplished so much. She is such a, a woman who um, has done so much in her career and in her life and with her family. And those things are an illusion in terms yeah. of um, their ability to keep us safe from these larger truths that are, you know, our time here is limited and none of us know what happens when our time here is done. And it is terrifying when we yeah. actually sit in that truth and contemplate it.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's funny how, you know, she started the conversation by talking about how the universe gave her this this baby very mm-hmm. unexpectedly when she had tried so hard for her first mm-hmm. and then went very quickly into how she's in such a place of swirl. And all I could think was what a gift that she had been given because it was something she wanted. Not like I'm saying everybody looks at it as a gift, right? But it really mm-hmm. sounds like she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like she's struggling to be present with that gift. Mm-hmm. You know, so I really hope that through her kind of seeking and through through this new experience that she's grappling with, that she's able to come back and and settle into a place of of really being and, and witnessing and experiencing that gift, too. You know,
0: God, you know, as you said that I just had such a sense of how much that is true for so many of us, mm-hmm. um, as I've sat with clients over this last year. So much of what we've talked about has been the challenge around this time, the challenge. And I mean, please, this is not me minimizing Mm -hmm. that as a reality, but also there are so many gifts um, about this time and space in the context of what it has brought on a visceral level into our awareness about what really matters, what's truly sacred, um, the time we have with one another that we haven't had Mm -hmm. for so much of our lives. And and we're so quick to return back to what we consider to be some sort of normalcy. And I think there's a loss in that if we don't really, you know, grasp that takeaway, which was what was the, the sacred lesson within
1: this mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Oh, the existentialism of it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's a it's been yeah, a big year for that. <laughs> I know. And I'm just glad we're putting words to it, continuing to.